I'd like for you to turn in your Old Testaments now to Isaiah 9, excuse me, 40, verses 9 through 11, as we continue in our series, Run and Not Grow Weary. Isaiah 40, 9 through 11. And this is the Word of God. Go up to a high mountain, O Zion, herald of good news. Lift up your voice with strength, O Jerusalem, herald of good news. Lift it up, fear not. Say this to the cities of Judah, Behold your God. Behold, the Lord God comes with might and His arm rules for Him. Behold, His reward is with Him and His recompense before Him. He will tend his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arms. He will carry them in his bosom and gently lead those that are with young. The prophecies that are right up next to one another in Isaiah 39 and 40 are dramatic. We read in Isaiah 39, as God's people, their hearts are far from Him. They're worshiping other gods. And we read in Isaiah 39, the Babylonians are coming. You're going to be taken into captivity. Everything that is precious to you is going to be hauled off. Your sons and daughters are going to be hauled off and going to be in the service of the king of Babylon. That is a shocking thing to read God Almighty saying. But just as we finish that prophecy of what will happen, right there in Isaiah 40, we hear the words, Comfort, comfort my people. And we hear this juxtaposition of, I'm going to bring you back. Yes, you're going in, but with my, as the text says, mighty arm, I'm going to bring you home to Jerusalem and you're going to worship at home. Now, in my life, when I am finally sick enough, I do something really interesting. I finally go to the doctor. And I tell you, for me, sometimes it takes a lot uh, to, to be willing to go to the doctor. If I wasn't a preacher, I, I might not go to the doctor. I, the fact that I've got to preach on Sunday means I've got to go to the doctor. But I tell you, you go to the doctor, and he looks at you, and he says, Why haven't you come sooner? And you say, Well, you know me, I know. He says, you're so sick, pills aren't going to do it. You're going to need a shot. And so you know what he gives you? He gives you this huge antibiotic shot or this Decadron shot. I love those things. They're not the way they feel. But I love them because they're fast acting. You know, you, you get one of those big old antibiotic shots or Decadron shots. I'm going to tell you, just after I've taken that shot, I start feeling better. Now, I don't start feeling better physically, but emotionally, I know it's just going to be a few days before my energy returns. And so as, as soon as the, the cure has been given to me, I emotionally begin to, to have hope. You got a sinus infection or something like that, it cures it every time. I want you to think about those exiles in Babylon. You know, God, when He speaks, it comes true because God's Word is true when He speaks it. And sure enough, there they are in Babylon. They've hung their harps in the willow trees. They are weeping beside the rivers of Babylon. Their captors say, hey, sing us some of those joyful hymns of your God, you know. 
No, we, we can't sing the hymns. Or There's just depression there in Babylon. And imagine how those people, those sick people, must feel as they, they unroll the scroll of Isaiah. Sure, there's Isaiah 39, and there, there we are. Yep, it happened. But then they turn to Isaiah 40, and they look and they say, Look, look, God is going to win for us. We need to believe that God is going to deliver us. God, by His mighty right arm, is going to win for us. There are two messages that this passage gives us that I'd like for us and just the, the struggles of our own life and the, the downtimes in our own life to hear. And the first is simply this. God wins. You believe that? God wins. It's a big difference between being a believer in Jesus Christ and not. If you are a believer in Jesus Christ, you know in your heart that God wins. Look at verse 9 of Isaiah 40. Go up on the high mountain, O Zion, herald of good news. Lift up your voice with strength, O Jerusalem, herald of good news. Lift it up. Fear not. Say to the cities, behold your God. This is our God. Verse 10. Behold the Lord God comes with might. He rules with His arm. Behold, His reward is with Him and His recompense is before Him. This is a change of emotion, a change of perspective. One scholar likened it to the situation in 490 B.C. when the Persians were trying to to attack the, the Greeks. The Persians had centralized their power and the Greeks were still... in a a system of city-states, and it was pretty well thought that the Persians were going to destroy the Greeks. And there was an epic battle in 490 in a a town called Marathon when the Persians came against the Greeks. And the Greeks won. I mean, this was like the upset of the 400 B.C., that century. There was a guy named Pheidippides. He was a Greek soldier who fought all day in the Battle of Marathon, this upset victory over the Persians. Do you know what he did? He ran 26 miles from the Battle of Marathon to the assembly in Athens where all the leaders of the Greek Empire were sitting and just like the the exiles, they were dejected. They knew the Persians were coming. And Pheidippides broke in and he said, Nike! Nike! Victory! We win! We win! It is thought, or at least the legend has it, that after Pheidippides declared Nike that he collapsed from exhaustion and died, that let that be a warning to those of you who run 26 miles on purpose for no apparent reason in what is now called the marathon. Here's the point. The victory in Isaiah 40 is just as real as the defeat in Isaiah 39. Those prophecies were equally true, equally real. The victory is just as real as the defeat. You know, we need to get that in our lives, don't we? Because we tend to focus on which one of those? The defeat. We tend to focus on the thing that went wrong. We tend to focus 
on the thing, somebody said. We tend to focus on the thing and we obsess over that. But you know what? The victory is as real as the defeat. And it's like that in our lives. And we simply need to believe. We need to look to Jesus. If you are in Christ, I'll tell you something this morning. You will overcome. That's what the Bible says. And those folks, one of the things they learned is if God writes it, says it, it's true. In fact, that word Nike is used in the New Testament as well. It is used in the verse, 1 John 5, 4, that says this. This is the Nike. This is the victory that has overcome the world. Our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world? Only he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. If you are a believer, whatever you're going through, wherever you are, we need to look to Him and understand that the overcoming is as, is as real as the hard things. And we will overcome. God wins. God wins. That's Isaiah 40, 9 and 10. But the other message isn't just that God wins. Go up on the mountain. Say, behold your God. God wins. The other message is how it feels to us when God wins. What the relationship between us and God is when God wins. You see, God doesn't just do things. God does things in relationship to us. God doesn't want us to just see things. He wants us to understand them. He wants us to take them in. There is, there is a texture to the power of God. There is a texture. And you know what it is? It's the love of God. God does these things because He loves His people. God conquers because He is committed. You would think that in Isaiah 40, it would simply feel like awe. That here is the God of might. Here is the God whose arm rules. Just maybe recognition of God's greatness. Maybe just worship and praise of the, the, the power of God. And we do end up praising and worshiping God from this. The word used in, in verse 10 there is the word Adonai. Are you familiar with the word Adonai? It's, a, it's one of the names for God. It means almighty. It means uncontested power. It means like the, we sang right before this message, unstoppable the word Adonai, literally translated Lord or Master, is never used of a human Lord or a human Master. It's reserved for the only one who cannot be stopped. Yes, we should be in awe of God. That's a wonderful thing to know that our God is God. He is our Adonai. Behold, verse 10, the Lord God. You see the word Lord? That is Adonai. The Lord God Almighty comes with might. His arm rules for Him. Behold, His reward is with Him and His recompense is before Him. God is pictured here as the conquering hero. There they are in Babylon. Now they read this and say, God's going to do it. God's going to deliver us. He's the conquering hero. His reward is with them. You know what His reward is? It's them. Kind of like for the joy set before Him, Jesus endured the cross and the shame and because he wanted to pay the price, because he wanted us, because we are the reward for what he came and the battle that he won. His reward is with him and the recompense. That's simply the fact that God Almighty is God and he will repay justly. 
He will make everything wrong right in this world. And we can just know our God is God Almighty. And we, and so we, we read this, maybe whether we're in Babylon or whether we're in a situation in our life, we say, oh yeah, God is Adonai. Go God, right? But it's not just Adonai. This is one of the most wonderful places in Scripture to show us, to, to just throw open a window that really matters to us as followers of Jesus Christ. It's not just Adonai. It's not just the God who wins for us. Actually, verse 10, you see, the Lord God comes in might. The word is Adonai Yahweh. There's two names for God put right up together. Adonai Yahweh. And so, what is Yahweh? We know Adonai is the Lord Almighty, the Lord Unstoppable. Yahweh is the covenant name for God. We're baptizing those babies. That was about relationship, wasn't it? That was about God and His condescending, merciful, tender relationship. Yahweh is the term of love. Yahweh is the term of commitment. I am your God. Yes, it means I exist outside of time. I am that I am. I'm not bound by time. But it says, I'm the God of my people. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I am the Lord God Almighty, the one who loves you. The one who holds you and will never let you go. Verse 11. We go from the arm that rules... To these words, he tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers his lambs into... Now all of a sudden, we go to sheep, and now we're not just sheep, we're lambs. Do you see there's something tender about God all of a sudden? We're the helpless ones. We're the ones who can't make it on our own. He scoops us up like little lambs, you see. He tends his flock like a shepherd. Verse 11, he gathers the lambs in his arms. He will carry them, quote, in his bosom. We'll talk about that in a moment. And gently lead those who are with young. So, you know, those who are pregnant, he, he makes sure. They're, they're the ones that need special care. They, they, he doesn't want them to, to cast, to lose their, their offspring. And so they're all of a sudden this God of the arm and might and Adonai, the Lord God Almighty, deal with it, is suddenly holding lambs, protecting little ones in the womb, nurturing. I mean, it's really amazing. God wins, right? God wins for us. Yahweh, the relational. R.C. Sproul in his table talk a devotional, speaks on this passage. He quotes a book that I, a lot of us has re- have read. I will not ask you to raise your hand. It's a book by Philip Keller called A Shepherd Looks at the 23rd Psalm. Man, when we preach on the 23rd Psalm, we got we to mention Philip Keller, you know. Isn't that right? I see some the preachers up here going, that's right. Sproul says that uh, Philip Keller, on page 70 of A Shepherd Looks at the 23rd Psalm, third Psalm, talks about the cast down sheep. Sproul says, this is the sheep that is on its back and it can't get up. The sheep may bleat for help, but usually they just lie there with their legs flailing about and they die if they're not rescued. R.C. Sproul goes on to say, 
That's the state of Israel in exile. And indeed, that's the state of anyone who needs redeeming. And guess what? Adonai, God Almighty, is Yahweh. And there we are helpless, and we cannot save ourselves. And he scoops us up into his arms, and he will never let us go. I I love the words, and he delights in carrying us. I love the words of Charles Spurgeon at this point. Christ, he says, is boundless in his affection. There is a tender nearness. How near to a man that which is... is, how, How nearer can you be to a man than to be in his bosom? Here you see the Lord Jesus does not put people at a distance from Himself so that they have to stretch out their hand to find them. No, He he brings them close to His bosom so that they are always there should they believe that they are in the arms of God still by faith. Verse 11 says that God carries the sheep in His bosom. You know, we a shepherd today would probably wear jeans or something like that maybe a flannel shirt, a big belt with a big belt buckle maybe. That's not what they wore back then. I mean, look, y'all know what they wore. Y'all, y'all remember the flannel grass back in Bible school, right? They, they didn't wear jeans. What did they wear? They wore long robes. And they had these really great belts. And those belts served a purpose. Those belts were, were very helpful to support because they could do things with that robe. They could pull Uh, you know, fabric up in that robe and form a pocket that they could take a little lamb and put the lamb in the pocket, bring it, cinch that belt up and just carry that little lamb just nestled right there against the, 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 the heart of the shepherd. That's what we're talking about here. Whoa, we go from God Almighty Adonai who rules with His arm, who will judge all wrong, who brings His recompense with Him. Let me tell you who He is. He is Yahweh. And He holds you that close. It's amazing. The arm that wins is the arm that holds you close. Some people here today need just desperately need to hear that. First of all, you need to believe that that arm wins. Trust in the Lord. Wait on the Lord. Don't worship other gods. Don't try other things. Don't try to manipulate it. Don't try to work it out on your own. Go to the Lord. You will overcome. I don't know what that looks like. I don't know the timing. You will overcome. But secondly, we need to understand that the arms that win are the arms that hold you. I love the NIV language here in verse 11. He tends his flock like a shepherd. Listen to this. He gathers the lambs into his arms and carries them close to his heart. They can just hear his heartbeat. That close. What do you think about a God that is Emmanuel, God with us, who will win and hold you that close? When I was only five years old, 
I remember my dad taking me to watch him play flag football. He was an Air Force pilot at the time. And uh, so, you know, he had to stay fit. My dad was six foot four. He was 33 years old at the time, and he kind of looks like a tall, thinner version of me in a way. Uh, there's a shrine in my office to him if you want to come up and see his picture sometime. I'd love to have you come up and see him. Um, taller, slenderer version of myself, and unlike me, he was a really good athlete. And I was five years old. You know when you're five years old, everything looks big. I used to think my backyard was big because we played football. I thought it was a football field. Then I grew up and realized it was just a little yard that we played football in. I'm sitting there on the sidelines, and my six-foot-four dad, I mean, he's like Lance Allworth. I mean, you know, you have to be old to know that. Uh, he was an end. He was catching touchdowns, running through people, getting tagged, flagged, getting knocked down. And, man, I mean, he would just fly by me. I, I was amazed. I'd never seen that in my dad. I was in utter awe of this athletic person, six-foot-four, called my dad. A few years later, Dad came home from Vietnam. We went hunting during his furlough or whatever. We're riding down a dirt road, and the way we deer hunted was with dogs, so the, the deer would run to you, and you kind of station. We're going from one to another. A deer is running across a field. I can see it in my mind like it happened yesterday. He slams on the brakes of the Ford F-100 truck, green. In one motion, he throws the door open with this hand, grabs his gun off the gun rack with this one, moves around the, the, uh, the, the door, puts the gun up on the hood, and just with the bead sights, shot the deer dead running. I'm like, my dad's John Wayne! <laughs> to this day, I think that was a lucky shot. I think God gave him that shot he was like home from Vietnam for three months, you know? My dog came up from the spring in our backyard one time. His mouth was really big. His, 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 it was swollen because a snake had bit him. This is in our backyard. My dad got, got his hoe, went down looking for that snake. Shot the head off the poisonous snake right there in the yard so it wouldn't kill his son. I just didn't all this guy. But I also remember when he would be leaning back on the couch watching TV or or something, six foot four, leaning back on the couch. He said, come here. I crawl up in his, in his lap. He put those arms around me. He'd just hold me. He wouldn't let go. I just kind of had to put my head right there on his chest. I could hear his heart beating. Um, the feeling I had at that moment was not awe. Don't get me wrong, I was in awe of my dad. The feeling I had at that moment was love, intimacy, closeness. Hey, look, how much more with God? How much more does God love you than the best father in this room has ever loved his son? You know, are you in a situation that feels like defeat? Are you hung your harps in the willow trees? Look to God. If you have Christ, God not only wins, He loves you. And He cares for you. The other place I learned to, 
to know this about God was that really famous place. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. And remember these words, a few verses on down. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Tell me. Because you are with me. Because you are Adonai, the Lord God Almighty who wins, Yahweh, the lover of my soul. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Jesus put it this way in John 10 and verse 11. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays his life down for the sheep. And in verse 14, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep. And my sheep know me. And what we learn from John chapter 10 is that Jesus is Adonai, the Lord God Almighty. Jesus is victorious for us by laying His life down on the cross. And when Jesus cried, it is finished, and into Thy hands I commit my spirit, let me tell you, the sun disappeared, the earth shook, and the curtain that separated people from the manifest presence of God was torn from top to bottom and God was saying, this is the fulfillment of all the faith of the Old Testament. This is the reality of what we have all believed. Come in. I want you. He wins. And when we have Him, His victory is Ours. This is the Nike. This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Don't you want to turn to Him? Wherever you are. I mean, this, doesn't this just win you? Don't you want God the victorious, God the Redeemer, God the Good Shepherd? Turn to Him. God wins. The arm that rules is the arms that carry you. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Lord, it's just breathtakingly astonishing and beautiful for us, for little sheep on our back flailing that can't help us, for, for rebellious people like us who have insulted you with most every breath we take in some form or fashion. Thank you that you came for us. You are our shepherd by faith in Jesus. And if you've never put your trust in what Christ has done on the cross, and you'd like to, you'd like to quit trying to do it on your own, you'd like to try to quit alternative routes to God, just pray with me. Lord, I see it. I turn away from everything I've called religion. Everything I've called Christianity. I just put my trust in what you've done for me, Jesus the victory that you have won by laying your life down so that I could be yours. Thank you that even now you've forgiven me that that victory is mine over sin and the grave. Even now you're leading me. Lord, there are many people here that know you and, 
And yet in a fallen world, we struggle so greatly. I struggle. We all struggle greatly with real things in our lives and phantoms of things in our lives. And Lord, sometimes we don't turn to you. And it just gets deeper. Would you, by your grace, even right now in in real time, would you be the lifter of our heads? Would you cause us yet again to turn to you? Lord, I'm that person. And it just keeps getting deeper. And I try to control it and it keeps getting deeper. Lord, I want to turn from that. And I want to turn to you. Thank you that you're not only overcoming in me and through me, but thank you that even now you're holding me and you'll never let me go. And I want to know you more. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.